Jen and I would like to um, sing a song for you. I think it's appropriate uh, since you're in between pastors and looking for minister and the ups and downs and whatever. Uh, this song is called God on the Mountain, and I think the words, uh, I think they'll be a blessing to you. Up on the mountain, and you've got peace of mind like you've never known. But when things change and you're down in the valley, don't lose faith. The God on the mountain is still God in the valley. When things go wrong, he'll make them right. And the God in the good times is still God in the bad the God of the day is still God in the night. We talk of faith when we're up on the mountain, but talk comes easy when life's at its best. But in the valley of trials and temptations, that's when faith is really put to the test. And the God on the mountain is still God in the valley. When things go wrong, he'll make them right. And the God in the good times is still God in the bad times. The God of the day is still God in the night. The God of the day is still God in the That's an encouragement to you, no matter what circumstance you're in. And, and with uh, the prayer request, too, I thought about that. The song's appropriate for that, too, isn't it? We just moved from Grand Junction, Colorado, 
to a gardener, Kansas, down by Olathe. We have a son, Olathe. How many of you have been to Grand Junction? I-70 west of Denver, 250 miles over by Utah. It's a good place to be. We lived there since 1972. Grew up in western Kansas and uh, decided it was time to come back to this area because our son Brock and his family, uh, three teenagers, live in Olathe. And so we wanted to be here for their graduation and the music activities and the sports activities and uh, practice being grandparents. So we're back in the area now. And we moved last June. So we're sort of brand new in the area. Uh, But change is something that happens, isn't it? The only constant in life is change. One thing happens and then another happens and things go on and the water runs under the bridge and... uh, you know, life goes on from one thing to another. Uh, when Manhattan Christian College, April, there contacted us about Troy, I said, uh, Troy, that's in southeastern Kansas. And then that was, I was thinking of Tyro. If you change the letters around, uh, Tyro. And then she said, no, Troy. And I said, oh, Troy. We were, I said, Janet, weren't we there years and years ago? And I remembered Mary, and I couldn't remember, and she said, yeah, Ross Flynn, Ross and Mary Flynn. And uh, we have a history with that because Dell Dye and his wife, can't remember Mary's mother, but they lived in Borough, Kansas when I was preaching there as a student minister in uh, 1957 to 1960. That's before some of you were born, Right? And uh, they lived there in the borough. And then I preached in a church in Norton, Kansas, and Inez, and I can't remember what her last name is, is Mary's grandmother, and she lives in Norton. And then we came back here and did a marriage seminar for, for the church when Ross and Mary were here. Now you know more than you've ever wanted to know about Leland. <laughs> right? <laughs> but that's who I am, and we're glad to be here. Manhattan Christian contacted me, and I said, yeah, let's go back to Troy and see if anybody remembers Ross and Mary. Let me remember Ross and Mary. All right. Good. And a couple of you were in the seminar then and are still married. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> we like to uh, observe those successes. And so that's kind of a celebration for us too. But life goes on. There's a transition time. We lived in Grand Junction, Colorado. Plan to retire there. It's a great place to retire. The weather is wonderful. No tornadoes, no hurricanes, no earthquakes, no floods. Uh, the weather is wonderful. It's about 4,500 feet and it's dry like a desert. And uh, the climate's wonderful. The community is great. They've got great hospitals. Uh, we've got a great barbershop course that I sang in. It's just a great place. We lived there since 1972. But it's time to move back to Kansas. So now we're down in Gardner. That's a big change after you've lived someplace for 40 years. Anybody done something like that? Moved after 40 years being in one place? Oh, you haven't. Well, uh, let me tell you, you you collect a lot of things in 40 years. (laughs) And when you move, there's a lot of stuff. But change happens. And in the church here, there's a change going on. Uh, ministers serve a certain time in a church and then churches go through situations where a minister moves on to someplace else. The church goes through a change and other ministers are hired. A pulpit committee is selected. 
they seek out resumes and go through the process of selecting uh, ministerial candidates, and they screen those candidates. And years ago, uh, it was hard to do that. Now with the technology, I mean, <laughs> you can almost uh, take the person's blood pressure before he gets here because of all the technology. But your pulpit committee will be going through that and then selecting a minister that will serve in the future. And like I said in the first service, uh, pray that the next chapter in the life of the Troy Christian Church is the best chapter ever. Because life's like that. You go through certain periods and then you close, you turn the page. That chapter is over with. Some of you do that with your children. Okay, they've been babies. Now let's have a garage sale and get rid of the stuff. Okay, now they're in grade school. Let's get a batting helmet and whatever. Okay, now they're into high school now, so let's go with whatever they need there. Now they've graduated the empty nest syndrome. You know, we've given our life and our blood and our sweat and our tears, and now they're just leaving home. And then they marry somebody, and they don't even ask us about it. They just marry somebody. Then they have children, and we don't even get to name the children. Our grandchildren, and we don't even get to name them. Uh, life goes on, doesn't it? The changes happen. So today I'd like to give you three-point message quickly about change. And during the change, we need to have faith in friendship. As you go through this change, uh, keep your friends. Keep your friends. During transition time, sometimes people take a break and say, well, I think I'll just not attend church for a while and go out to the lake this summer and whatever. Uh, don't lose those friends. Uh, they sat beside you and uh, encouraged them. Especially if they're discouraged because they think, well, without a real senior minister, see, I'm not a real, I'm a singer, really. I'm not a real minister. I'm just filling in. And some people feel that way. They say, well, he's, he's not a real minister. We need a real minister, a senior minister who will be here for 20 or 30 years. And some people, while they're waiting for that, will say, well, let's just take a break and see what happens and we'll check back in when they've hired a minister. Uh, go to those people and encourage them. Pray with them. Help them. Invite them to come and sit with you and put up with these preachers who come week by week and you don't even know who they are maybe sometimes. But encourage your friends and your family. The Bible says, encourage one another and build up one another. Uh, out to the coffee shop, get together and talk about the church. But don't gossip. Don't say negative stuff. Don't dig up old stuff. Talk about the church being the Lord's church and the future and how God is directing and leading and He has something special in mind for you. Encourage each other. Live in peace with one another, the Bible says. You're taught by God to love one another, so love one another as Christ has loved you so that the world will believe. And pray each other good prayer time here isn't it you guys got a good family feeling here don't you I mean you really care about these people <laughs> I mean you mentioned their names but you really care about these people in the family of God continue to pray for each other during this time and minister to each other 
There may not be a person you can call on the telephone. Maybe Johnny is that person. He's your associate. Elders, you can call on the phone to help you out. But minister to each other. When there's need, reach out to each other. Don't say, well, we don't really have a minister, so I guess we'll all just have to hurt all by ourselves. The body of Christ ministers to each other, to itself. The Apostle Paul talked about the body, you know, the church being the body, that if one part of the body suffers, the whole part of the whole body suffers with it. I know that to be true, don't you? <laughs> if your ankle hurts or your knee hurts, I mean the whole body uh, sympathizes with it. During this time, have faith in friendship. Have faith in the body of Christ. Have faith in the members. Build each other up and pray. Secondly, have faith in leadership. You've elected elders to serve, to shepherd the flock. You'll be appointing a uh, pulpit committee, a search committee, and they'll be receiving resumes and reading those resumes and watching videos and hearing sermons and maybe even traveling to visit to hear preachers preach. And this is a hard job. It's tough when you're in a position to say, now, it's up to us to help choose and pray that God will direct to us who we should call for the next minister in behalf of the whole church and the whole community. That's a tough job. When you elected these guys to be elders, they probably said, well, that's fine, I'll be an elder. And they probably thought, I didn't realize we'd get into this situation. Or maybe they'll appoint you as one of the uh, pulpit committee and you'll think, well, that shouldn't be any problem. Then as you go along, you'll say, you know, we need to pray about this. This, I mean, the church does not belong to us. It's the Lord's church. And we're selecting a leader to help us become a leader with our elders and our leadership to lead the church. This is, this is really serious business. We need to pray that the Lord will give direction and guidance. Amen? You don't say that here in this church? Amen? All right, all right. <laughs> Makes me feel all alone up here. I got to have some help. Pray for your elected leadership. You elected those guys to make the hard decisions. You said, we'll elect you, and we can't have a congregational meeting every time something comes up, so we're going to elect you, and when we can't be there to make the hard decisions, in God's name and for us and all, you make the decision for us. And that's what leaders of the church do. And it's a tough job. Pray for your elders. Lift them up before God and forgive their weaknesses. <laughs> May God personify their strengths as they lead the congregation. The Bible says, appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give your instruction. Esteem them very highly in love because of their work. And Hebrews says, Obey your leaders and submit to them for they keep watch over your souls. Yeah, they, they pray for you. They, they sweat blood and tears because they're in a leadership position. And that's a tough thing when you go before the Lord and you realize that the decisions you make affect not only you, but they affect the, the congregation and the parents and the children and the babies and the teenagers and uh, the elderly people. And these decisions affect everybody. And 
How do we choose a minister who relates to all those people and can minister to all of us and build us up and make us a great church so that the next chapter is better than the former one? Thirdly, faith in the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ. Trust that when you're on the mountaintop, things are good. But God is there in the valleys. When everything is going smoothly, He's there. But also when there come times where decisions have to be made and uh, difficulties arise or whatever. Uh, God is there too, as the songs, many of them say. He may not calm the storm that you're in, but He will be with you through the storm or in the boat <laughs> as the wind is blowing or whatever, that He will be there with you. And uh, the changes we have as we grow older in health, Janet and I know something about that. We're both now over 45 and we've experienced some changes in health. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. The, the Good Commission, or the Great Commission says, go and preach the Gospel to the whole world and baptize those who believe. And then he said to his disciples, and I am with you to the end of the world or the close of the age. So in this you're not alone. The Lord is with you. Pray to Him. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Ask for His guidance. Pray for the pulpit committee. Pray for the search committee. They need your help. They need your prayers. What an encouragement it would be if you can walk up to them periodically, whoever they might be, and say to them periodically, just let you know that last night was Saturday night and before church, I prayed for you by name last night because I believe in you, I trust you, and uh, I know you're concerned about me and the whole church. Encourage them in the body of Christ. Let's lift them up. Let's encourage... Uh, Johnny, I don't think he's here, is he? Good, I can talk about him. Ah, there, there. Encourage Johnny. He's an associate and he some more responsibilities will come his way uninvited, probably. <laughs> uh, pray for him as he shoulders more responsibility than maybe he's used to or ventures into areas that he's not used to. Pray for uh, the ministers who, who fill the pulpit. And I guess you've got the schedule made out for May and I think the same person is coming for the month of May. Something like that. I don't remember if I know him or not. But pray for whoever fills this pulpit during the next month or two or three or six months or whatever the intern period is. Pray for them. It's an interesting thing like I'm doing this morning. It's an interesting thing to be called and said, could you preach one sermon? You don't know anything about the church. <laughs> And, or anything, and this you don't know what's been preached before you got there, or what the series is. You don't know the people. Well, why don't you, Leland, uh, go stand in this pulpit and bring the message for these people? And you're thinking, what? What? If I if I were preaching in a church and had a series of sermons, and the next sermon deals with John the tenth chapter, that'd be no problem. But I'm not, and it's not, and whatever. So what? What do I say that ministers to these folk? And what do I do with this? And the ministers who will come and stand in the pulpit here will be asking that question. 
pray for them. You may not know their names even. But as they come, pray for them. And as they preach, pray for them. When you're sitting there like you are listening to me, uh, when they're up there preaching, just take a moment to say, Lord, Lord, bless him. Help him to say, help him to use the Scripture passage that I need and that we need. And God bless him in this presentation that he'll be relaxed and that you'll use him as an instrument of righteousness, as a vessel of honor, as a tool in your hands to really to really minister to our congregation. Lord, do that for him. Will you do that? How about making a pledge, a New Year's resolution to do that starting next Sunday? Then you'll be a part of the process, you see, of selecting the minister. You'll be praying to God. You'll be listening to the messages. And maybe as he walks out one of these Sundays, maybe next Sunday, week after, uh, he may say, you know, thank you for praying for me. I really needed that. I re- preachers are interesting, you know, because when I was preaching back in Grand Junction years ago, uh, oh, I preached, I should mention this, I suppose, went out there in 72 and preached for seven years and the building was about this big. We had this big building program with a gymnasium and everything and in the middle of that, I got Crohn's disease. It's an inflammatory bowel disease. And I stayed with them, with the congregation until they got in a new building. And then I resigned because I was really weak. Really, really weak. But during that time, I learned that you know people need to pray for the leader because he may be weak. He may be weak. And during that time, before, before that happened, uh, one Saturday night, I'd worked on this sermon like you're supposed to. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I got this sermon done. You know, this is amazing. Not many interruptions. I got this sermon ready. I am ready. And then Saturday night, um, as I was reviewing it a little bit, I said to myself, I don't think the people are going to be excited about this sermon because I'm not even excited about it. This is not the message to preach. I felt something else. The Lord directed me elsewhere so here I'm at Saturday night. I'm with the family. I got a couple of the small kids to take care of and whatever. And so after everybody's in bed, I spend an hour or so doing a new sermon. And I get up the next morning and preach that sermon. And when you preach sermons like that, you don't know what you've said because you're making it up as you go. You know, it's not all written down. And you just and so when I got done, I thought, oh, good grief! I wonder what I've said and. Well, you know, I just felt blah and like, yuck, I need to not do that anymore. And on the way out, this lady named Sue Turpin, who was a single lady who'd been divorced, said to me, I've been waiting all my life to hear that sermon. I didn't ask her what part of it because I probably couldn't have remembered. But for some reason, God used that message in spite of me to bless the people. Hopefully, God will do that for you. And so when somebody walks out like that, say something like that to them, like, we needed that, or that blessed me, or God used you, or just encourage everybody to make this worship service a celebration this summer. And last of all, anticipate Jesus' arrival. Uh, 
He might come back before you have another senior minister. Now, I haven't checked to see if your baptistry has water in it, but go ahead and use that this summer. You don't need a senior minister to use the baptistry or to invite a neighbor to church or to give your personal testimony. Approach this summer like this is it, like Jesus may return on August the 1st. Or maybe before the pulpit committee is done, the Lord comes back and claims His church. That sense of anticipation and excitement, uh, let that be in the church this summer. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I ask Your blessing upon this congregation, upon the leadership, upon the elders, upon the pulpit committee, upon those who teach Sunday school classes and work with the kids, and upon Johnny and upon the youth and the music team and all, all the different elements of this congregation. Heavenly Father, will You bless this church that uh, the next chapter might be one of the most exciting, productive chapters this church has ever seen. Jesus, I ask this in Your name. Amen. They've allowed us to pick the the, uh, invitation song, so turn in your hymnals, these red hymnals, to number 286, 286, 286. We'll be standing while we sing it, and if you need to make a decision for the Lord, you're welcome to come forward, let one of our elders or someone greet you up here, or if you need prayer for some, if you need to make some decision public, you're welcome to do that. First and last stanzas, please. Here's a spin in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free, pardon there was multiplied to me. Burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty God that God did spend at Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty.